we see so much stuff on social media and everything's just like we perceive everything to be perfect and lovely and everything's photographed beautifully but life is not like that it's hard it's a struggle and we're definitely all battling in different areas and I think it's just so important for people to remember that. Today, I chat to the founder of South African directory Shop Epiphany, Jessica Campbell. We chat about the ongoing challenges of balancing the various roles of an entrepreneur whilst being a new mom, as well as touch on imposter syndrome, self-inflicted stress, and how critical one support network is when juggling multiple roles at the same time. I hope you enjoyed today's conversation. And just a little reminder to please subscribe and share the stream podcast with fellow friends family and co-workers. I'd like to take a quick moment to thank our sponsor, Nature's Nutrition. Now, even before they started stocking our stream wellness shelf with their delicious flavored powders, I'd been using their organic superfoods and probiotic products for years. If you want to know why I'm such a devoted fan, I have a very simple answer. Their products are free from all the nasties, organic, vegan-friendly, high-fiber, and low-calorie, and the list goes on. But more importantly, and my whole family, the small humans and the large ones, can attest to the fact that their health products actually taste delicious. And a big bonus is that they are affordable, which means that you can actually incorporate the healthy mixes into your monthly routine. Use code THESTREAM15 for 15% off their online store which excludes current promotions, which are pretty sweet deals if you ask me. Head to wellIam.co.za to stock up. Now back to today's episode. Let's get straight into it. I am very inquisitive. I know I've heard your story in the past, but I really want you to share it with our listeners just in terms of how you started Shop Epiphany. Um, I know we were in contact last, well, initially the first time we chatted was 2020 and so much has happened since then. So I think if you can give a little bit of an intro and your background as to how you started it, um, yeah, that would be great. Cool. Well, I've always been really passionate about local brands specifically, and I was meant to become a CA and that journey just didn't happen for me. So um, my mom had a business which manufactures cushions and so I kind of partnered, partnered with her and she showed me the ropes. So I started that way and then um, I decided to do my own online store just for local brands. So my sister and I partnered up and we started Epiphany as an online boutique and it was more just because a lot of my friends, whenever I spoke about local brands in Durban, they didn't really know about them. Local wasn't really a big thing in those days. Um, I think when COVID hit, local became very prominent, but it was kind of new. And I really just wanted to share the local brands that I love. And I got to know quite a few of the store owners, obviously, and hear their stories. So the whole idea was to have a brand that didn't just share product, but also shared the stories of the owners. And... Being an online store is very difficult when you're the middleman, especially when you're selling on consignment. So it just wasn't working out. It wasn't profitable for me at that point. And I had this idea of the directory in my mind because I still wanted to share the owner's stories. I still wanted to share um, my love for local, but I wanted to do it in a way that wasn't just pushing retail um, and quite specifically stuff that I love. So that's kind of how the Epiphany directory was born. That's awesome. Did you have any um, sort of examples when it came to directories overseas or anything when it came to 
starting it, obviously, I think at the back of every every entrepreneur's mind is how you're going to make it profitable, especially coming from the experience that you had of running the online shop and just seeing how tricky it is to act as that middleman. Like, how did you know how you were going to make it profitable, or did you see sort of overseas examples, or no have an idea of how you were going to make it work? So a friend of mine actually had um, something called the Hooray Wedding Directory. It was two, they both, her and a friend were both, um, or are both, wedding photographers. And they had um, a thing called Hooray Weddings. And then they sold kind of wedding gimmicky stuff like Mr. and Mrs. Muggs and all of that. And then they had a directory. And I'd asked how they ran the directory and kind of got the idea for the business model from them. And then I kind of just took it further and to a new level. (laughs) Yeah, that's amazing. And it's it's really incredible to see how much you've grown over the past few years. What would you say has been like the hardest part, um, especially when it comes to entrepreneurship, working from home, being a new mom? Yeah, chat through some of the challenges. I know we can go on for hours about them. <laughs> I know. Um, well, being a new mom is like a whole different ball game. Life is just, unfortunately, my business used to be my priority and I'd still get distracted. And now Madison is my priority. So you can only imagine finding the time for work is very difficult. Um, But I wouldn't change it because I just love, I love being flexible. I love that I can be with Maddie and that I can do, like I can do things with friends or do things with family and kind of work around it. So if it's, if I want to work at Hopper Center Night, that's my prerogative kind of thing. Yeah, no, I can imagine. And then how do you do that? Is it a lot of like late nights or what are your day-to-day I know it differs and there's always something that comes up <laughs> no, no, I'm just thinking. <laughs> um so when I when Epiphany became a directory I kind of flipped it over and it was the first it was kind of going into COVID if I'm not mistaken that first year and a friend of mine was going through a bit of a hard time and she didn't she wasn't working at the time and I said come and work for me I didn't want a partner just from previous experience but I said do this for me I back you um, I'll teach you what I want you to do and then you can kind of grow with the business what she has done and she is like my backbone like I would not be able to do it without her she is completely opposite to me I am organized chaos and she has files folders labeled everything so she makes my life so much easier and then also just make sure that I'm hitting deadlines because if it wasn't for her, I just don't know that I would be doing it. So I definitely think having help is 100% the most important thing. Yeah, I couldn't agree with you more. It's interesting that you said that you didn't go the roots of a business partner. I'm inquisitive to know what your sort of learnings were in that department. Um, So not so much with myself. I mean, my sister and I did have Epiphany as a boutique together. And at the time, I had a lot more time on my hands and she was working full time for Barrows um, and doing it with me kind of part-time as the graphic design sort of lead on the project and I just felt like I was putting in all the work but we were kind of 50-50 and it also made our relationship take strain because every time we saw each other we'd be talking about work instead of just being sisters so eventually when I decided to change over to a directory she pulled out and um, I think that was the best decision for both of us and then my mom's also had similar sort of things with partners. So kind of just watching my parents, they've always been entrepreneurial. They've always had their own businesses, which is why I think I was always that way inclined. So yeah, I think 
I just had learned from things that can go wrong. And I thought I'd rather build something up myself and control the narrative and then employ somebody and pay them what I can afford to do, what I can afford for them to do kind of thing. Yeah, that's a really, really good way to go about it. I mean, I've experienced it both having business partners and without, and there's definitely perks to perks to it. Um, but I think overall, the biggest like benefit is also just having, like you say, a team, people that you can like rely on, people that can help, people who've got a different skill set to to what you have makes makes such a difference. Um, would you ever change it and work for someone else, or, or go go back to corporate? I worked at Grant Thornton for two months. My husband loves to tease me. Um, and I think I cried like many of the days. I'm just not built to listen to somebody else. <laughs> I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'd much rather just be the one making the decisions. And um, and it's not, e- it's not an easy choice because then whatever you your outcome, your money, your earnings, are directly proportional to how much effort and work you put into. Whereas like if you're working for somebody else, you know you have a salary at the end of every month. So it's definitely pros and cons to both. But for me, I kind of just had too much going on in my mind and too much creativity to kind of be bound by one person. So I think that I haven't really ever worked for a corporate company. (laughs) (laughs) Unless you count my two months. Yeah, that definitely counts. That counts. I count it all. I, I mean, I had but one of my artists today, uh, two jobs that were incredibly hard. Uh, one was waitressing. I look back upon that and it was definitely something that was uh, very much character building. And then the other one was the period that I was an intern within PR at a PR agency and just like getting to know a new business and and with so many different facets in such a cutthroat industry was definitely mm-hmm. like the hardest periods, way harder for me than, yeah, starting my own business, which of course comes with a hell of a lot of challenges on its own. Exactly. How old's Maddie now? She's nine months. Okay. And still like obviously quite hard finding a, a sort of structure and routine with juggling work. It is because... I kind of have to watch her all the time. So my work time is when she's asleep. But when she's asleep is also my getting dressed time, my shower time, my go to the bathroom time, my do my makeup time, my make my calls, respond to emails, respond. So to actually fit in what needs to be done and prioritize that is very difficult during her waking hours, which is why I've got lovely talk call that's come in to help me. Um, So I'm really hoping that that will relieve a bit of my time in the day I kind of just need to find three hours a day even just to get my to-do list done because that's on the back burner at the moment yeah I can imagine and have you during that process especially in the past nine months and since your um life has has changed so much have you seen yourself be going through phases of having to be more gentle towards yourself, like talking to yourself as to usually being such a sort of go-getter. And especially if you, like you say, your business was your baby. I'm inquisitive to know how you sort of navigated the transition of the business owner you used to be to the business owner you are now um, whilst being a mom and and the conversations that you've had in your head and in terms of being more gentle towards yourself, understanding like the new roles that you're taking on and, and just not being as hard on yourself, I suppose. 
to be honest, I'm still learning how to be gentle with myself. I don't know if you read my newsletter where I actually just told everyone that I was battling because I felt, I do feel a sense of guilt no matter what I'm doing. If I'm giving my attention to Madison, there's this, then I'm feeling guilty that I'm not putting time into my business. If I'm putting time into my business, I'm feeling guilty that I'm not spending the time with Maddie. So, I mean, it's a learning curve. I think the best thing, though, was writing that letter because the outpouring of support that's come in the last month was amazing. And I got invited to a mom's circle with one of my brands and just kind of being with other people and getting really honest about how we feel about our husbands, about our children, about work, about everything. It's just so good to know that you're not alone in it. And we see so much stuff on social media and everything's just like we perceive everything to be perfect and lovely and everything's photographed beautifully. But life is not like that. It's hard. It's a struggle. And we're definitely all battling in different areas. And I think it's just so important for people to remember that. Especially Epiphany, like everything I post, I try to make it a beautiful, pretty picture. But that's not life. Life is not a pretty picture. There's lots going on behind the scenes. And I think after writing that letter, I found that my audience especially enjoys actually hearing the vulnerable on a side because people can relate to that. They don't want to just see everything neutral, pretty, <laughs> kind of, you know, the same. They want some uniqueness. 100%. I definitely, yeah, I, I gravitate towards that, especially. And I think sometimes, um, especially in the journey of motherhood or just entrepreneurship and all these roles that we sort of take on, uh, most of the time it feels incredibly lonely until you do find that support structure. Um, I know I miss it as well, being up in Pochettstrom and hardly knowing anyone and you forget how much your support system of like fellow business owners when you got together and everyone was bitching and moaning and you walk away and you're like, gosh, I don't have it that bad. Like everything is just in my head. It's empowering. <laughs> it definitely is. I think that's why, funny enough, that's why the other day um, within two months of being here, I was binge watching like reality TV, which I usually can't like sit through an episode of reality TV. And now I'm like, now I understand those people in Klein Dorpies who they just want the gossip of the town. <laughs> exactly. Like, Desperate housewife. Exactly. <laughs> oh my gosh. No, absolutely. And tell me if any advice that you have to give to, um, I've got so many people that actually um, on Instagram stories, when we do a couple of polls, most sort of requested topic or people wanting to know more about is is the, the role of motherhood and entrepreneurship. And a lot of uh, people I know personally wanting to start their own businesses already, like now at the stages that where they're already a mother. Um, and so obviously your responsibilities um, are a lot more um, and taking that sort of risk at, the, at that stage when you are a mom is so much harder. Do you have any advice to anyone out there who's wanting to go on the journey? I think from the get-go, I've always kind of said, follow your inner moonlight. So whatever makes you shine from the inside out, um, I 100% believe, believe in doing that. And I don't want to say fake it till you make it, but if you believe in yourself, other people will believe in you. So you kind of just have to rip off the band-aid and do it. And obviously, there's always financial constraints which make these decisions really difficult. So a lot of people have to start their own business while working full-time. I mean, a lot of the owners that I work with 
are working full time, they don't get to just have their business. Um, that's a luxury, you know, to be able to just support yourself with your own business. My advice would be that um, that you kind of just rip off the bandaid and do it and give yourself a shot and 100% believe in you. That's your power. Your power is being you, being an individual. Um, your friends and family love you. Why would no one else love you? And I think one other thing that's really been important, an important learning curve for me is that not everyone has to love you. Not everyone has to like you. Um, you're not going to appeal to every single person. You really just need to focus on the people that you do appeal to or the people that want to hear your voice and speak to those, to that audience. That's like the key with your own business is not trying to please the masses. It's really like niching down and kind of finding your audience. Yeah, that's such good advice. And so for those, especially I'd love to hear your take um, with working with so many local startups in South Africa, um, for the entrepreneurs listening and struggling with marketing their own business, I know that's that's a big frustration, um, especially those who often cut like marketing budgets first when it comes to cash flow. What's your take on that? Um, I know so many people also struggled with when uh, lockdown happened and everyone was suddenly having to market themselves and appear on camera and there was this debate of whether you have to show up more, be the face of your brand. Um, and then so many people bombed and just stopped on social media or marketing or spending on marketing because it's just such an exhausting area for a lot of people. It is exhausting and it's also ever-changing. So... I do find, especially where there are budget constraints, marketing is always the first thing to be sort of cut off the list, which is understandable because without stock, um, without packaging, et cetera, you can't actually have your business at all. So it feels like marketing is something that's easy to save on. Yeah. But in reality, the only way that you're going to sell your product is if people know about your product. And the only way to get people to know about your product, apart from word of mouth, um, is through marketing channels. And I'm sure as a PR, you know that more than anybody. Um, so with Epiphany, one of the key things that I try to do is find value, not in the numbers, because a lot of people want statistics, like statistical results. So they want followers, they want um, page clicks, they want, but that's actually not where your sales lie. You can get 10 followers and only one will buy from your shop. Rather get Rather have a more organic growth, in my opinion, than um, kind of just trying to get as many followers as you can or getting as much traffic as you can. You want people that are really interested in your product to be shopping and searching your website. And so that's kind of what Epiphany's whole idea was, is that I want people to feel like there's a voice behind the product. It's not just an Instagram advert or a Facebook advert. There's someone that's actually advocating for a product which I'm very specific and clear about and I think once one person's used your product and then they pass it on to a friend then the word of mouth starts and word of mouth is by far the best marketing I believe because it's genuine it's not paid for so I really think it's sad that people think that marketing is kind of last on the list or the last prerogative because it only takes reaching one person to cause a ripple effect in your brand. And there's just, there's so much value in one person. I think that's very undervalued. The the change that one person can do, reaching one person and sending them a product and selling them over to your business can get you another 10 sales. 
So it's so important to focus on each individual, especially as a small business or as a local business, because those are the people that want to support you. And those are the people that are buying into your story. Totally agree with you. It's so funny, as you say that I've come across many um, local brands through your directory. I know I mentioned that to you the other day. Um, and it is, it's, it's, it's also comforting just to, to punt your, your platform itself. It's just comforting to know that you've taken the research um, or done the research sort of for the consumer. So I know that I've got a safe sort of platform to go on to shop to get reliable products. And um, one uh, brand as well that I, my husband and I both are recently obsessed with and now we just want to purely support them in everything that they <laughs> they make is the the t-shirt company and um, we started with their linen uh, absolutely love their like bedding now we started with um, loungewear and it's just like when a brand takes the effort to sort of look after the consumer with the email comms that we've received with the deliveries everything around it the whole experience the packaging the and the product itself, the quality, we are, it's now one of those brands that are, it's on our list for birthday gifts, for instance. So you can really make yeah. so many sales with one new person that comes across your brand. A hundred percent. Why would you want something that's the same as everybody else? I mean, everyone's got Woolworths and XYZ and it's nice to have something that's a little bit different. Yeah. Be the trend maker, not the trend follower. I like that. And also, I just, I think having worked with so many startups, I just love supporting local brands. And it was definitely a transition for me to move from what you would pay for all certain products at a sort of bigger retailer to moving to local. You don't know the brand yet. You don't know the products yet. It's a little bit more expensive. You don't understand the process yet. You don't understand slow fashion or what's behind the story and then as soon as you sort of get into it and you and and that's where your platform comes into play as well the storytelling behind it because so many brands struggle with marketing themselves or telling those stories but once you sort of buy in a consumer from that sense and you know as a consumer you're actually giving back to local entrepreneurs and businesses and employment it's yeah it's like a feel-good feeling all around absolutely I on the price point, I must say, if you actually go even to Woolworths and you start comparing local, local brands used to be quite a lot more expensive, but because of the exchange rates and because of all of that, um, clothing is getting so expensive. And even like the big retailers that we see, if you start comparing prices, they're not far apart. So it's an exercise that I think people should try and do, especially like if they're buying leather boots. It always feels expensive when it's about when you're buying from a local brand. I think because you're buying one product, you're having to pay shipping, which you don't always have to do at a big retailer. Um, you're trusting an online service as opposed to actually seeing it in store. And then if it doesn't fit or if you need to return it, there's a cost involved. So I feel like the risk factors are really what put people off more than the price itself. It's not as easy to purchase of a local brand, but what you're getting is so beautifully made usually if you're buying from the, the right brands and in terms of price it's not actually that it's not actually that different I don't well from what I've seen no it's definitely you nailed it it's definitely changed I think when I also made the transition to moving towards more local purchases more of a minimalist wardrobe um, especially again COVID working from home hardly wearing half of the stuff in my wardrobe, I definitely did see that the sort of from a price point, 
you're right. It's, it's it's very similar to what you can purchase at retailers, if not if not cheaper sometimes. But also at the end of the day, like yeah, I, I think my style has changed a hell of a lot. So quality over over quantity has definitely changed. Absolutely. When we were at Varsity, it was all about the jaw and what you were wearing on Friday night, and it was very much that consumerism, fast fashion, but now kind of purchasing as an investment. So definitely different people in the markets who it will appeal to. But yeah, it's a nice exercise to actually go onto a big retailer site and then have a look at local and you'll see the prices are not that different. No, that's very, very true. And tell me, okay, I always have this this discussion with fellow entrepreneurs in terms of the so-called work-life balance. Is that something that you think exists or what? You, what is your opinion on that? For me, before Madison came along, I definitely feel like work was my focus. Epiphany was my baby. I was growing it and nurturing it. And as much as it gave me flexibility to do things, you kind of just never stop working when it's your own business. You work all the time. People don't believe in personal space. Everyone has your WhatsApp number. Everyone has your cell phone number. Um, if you don't reply to an email within not even 24 hours, like within five hours, people get upset with you. They think that you're inefficient. So you're trying to keep your name and brand reputation up. And so you're kind of just like trying to chase all these um, industry standards. But when you're a small local business, the industry standards that people hold big retailers to, they can't hold them to a one-man show who's doing their own advertising, their own photography, their own accounting, their own. And I think one of the best things that I ever did was actually just let that go. And I feel like if people want to work with me, I will always get back to you, but it might not be on your timeline because unfortunately... There's just so much else that's come into my life now and Maddie is a priority to me. So the work-life balance, I feel like my work-life balance has also changed since Madison was born because even though there is balance, my priorities have changed. And so, yes, I'm here for Epiphany, but I've had to learn to hand things over to people that I trust and not try and control every single thing that goes on. So I think asking for help has just been really huge and... If you ask for help, then you can achieve some kind of work-life balance. I'm not quite sure what it is. <laughs> and I keep hoping that it's going to get easier, but yeah, yeah no, difficult. No, definitely. And I, I think it's quite a hard ask to to try and put that on yourself to find a work-life balance when in theory, you're t- technically Mondays to Fridays working, depending on your trade, and then only have two days of a weekend. So, So that balance is definitely... Um, a hard one or, or non- something that's basically unrealistic. My work-life balance is the fact that I've been with Madison all morning and now I'm actually doing something that's for me. Yeah. <laughs> so that's my work-life balance for this one hour. <laughs> you can tick this off as an hour of marketing. We'll include Amazing. your links, everything, and you'll have a beautiful marketing little exercise. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> um, and tell me, okay, amongst the chaos, amongst all these roles that you're juggling... Uh, what role would you say healthy habits and discipline play in your life? So, especially before working from home, it's very easy to get into like a hair in the top knots kind of chilled, relaxed vibe way of working. And I've been very clear with myself from the beginning. Every day, get up. 
I put makeup on, I do my hair, I make sure I'm dressed. I might be at home the whole day, but it definitely makes me feel more productive. So I feel like that is always a healthy habit to get into. Now being a mom, that getting dressed, getting up, getting whatever is happening a little bit later on in the day, but I still make sure that I do that because I really feel like you can be a lot more productive if you actually feel productive, if you feel like you're ready to work, um, even if it's just a mental sort of thing. Yeah. So for me, that's really like the key to me getting going during the day. <laughs> that's a biggie. Um, I'm yet to the one thing that I still do, um, which is quite, which I believe is good for, for my overall health, is I walk around in comfy slippers all day. So I'll do my makeup, hair, um, get dressed, but <laughs> literally don't wear half of my shoes anymore. Don't do. Well, that's amazing, actually, especially now in winter. Slippers are the way forward. Yeah, 100%. And also, it's, I'm either barefoot or slippers. And then I tend to say that it's good for my feet. Being barefoot, walking <laughs> around, not going to have any. Well, it is. So, And tell me, in the past um, and along your entrepreneurial journey, have you ever experienced any sort of health scares or suffered from anxiety or burnout, which I know it can be t- sometimes such a quite a a trendy um, sort of thing to hop on and say one's experience, but it's also something that's very common. Um, so I'm wondering whether you've experienced it yourself. Um, no health scares for myself. We had quite a bad health scare with Madison when she was two months old. So that caused a lot of stress with work, especially as I was kind of moving into motherhood. And my first two months had been sort of prepped for while I was still pregnant. And then that kind of happened and so it was, it was there was so much anxiety there was so much anxiety about her being sick and then also just trying to meet deadlines and keep clients happy because I couldn't let my business fall apart with it paying the bills so that was really difficult but you kind of just have to reach out for support and keep backing yourself even in those sort of low periods as a business owner I also feel like you're constantly doubting yourself There's no one, you are the final check on everything. There's no one to check you or to make sure that you're doing things properly. Properly is however you get them done. There are times where you kind of get that imposter syndrome and all that anxiety comes in. And that's where your support network is so important. And it's so important for me to have people that have their own businesses who I can kind of bounce things off. And whenever I speak to people that are on the directory, they always want to know how all the other businesses are doing, how their sales are going. They want to know if they kind of on the same level as everybody else and it's really just having that group of people to talk to and make you feel okay and say you know what you're doing good (laughs) and your percent yeah because again it goes back to being quite a lonely journey and if you're not having you don't have that support system or people to tap into um it's it's even more challenging can you share some of your sort of healthy habits? I know we've spoken about just a routine of, of getting dressed, but anything that you do, whether it comes to like a morning or evening routine or general habits that you've formed that you believe help you perform better um, when it comes to work and improving your overall quality of life? I'm not very good at healthy habits. I have to be honest. I'd love to say I wake up and make myself a beautiful bowl of granola and go for a walk, and but unfortunately that's just not how I am I'm kind of just do things on the fly I do have a bath every night that's like me time to just relax but I feel like I just go 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 I think my biggest my biggest thing to be productive is to have family time my family's number one for me whether it's my immediate family being Dave and Madison or whether 
it's with parents and siblings. That for me, I'm the kind of person that de-stresses with other people. I'm not the kind of person that wants to be alone. I need other people around me all the time. And so for me to just relax and be with family and have a glass of champagne, that is the way that I keep myself sane because the rest of my life is so focused on things that, on other things, that it's nice for me to just be human and relax with people that I love, friends, family, whoever. I love that. So yeah, no no morning walks for me. Um, I know you the big exercise of it. Not me, honey. <laughs> well, that's also like you say, you don't have any healthy habits, but like healthy is such a, I, I should change the the way I phrase that question. Like it's so relative to to each and every one. Like I, I've definitely got things that aren't healthy. Um, and yeah, it's hard to pinpoint exactly what, what specifically is healthy? Sometimes the healthy is like lying in. This morning, actually, I woke up. I thought I was going to have to cancel this call as I woke up with an allergic reaction and it looked, oh my gosh, looked horrendous, like the vampire swollen nose, eyes. And that just meant I had to go for a walk, couldn't exercise, made my breakfast <laughs> at like 6 a.m., <laughs> sat on the fat sack and just, yeah, I had a different morning. I think that's what's so cool also about having your own business is that can kind of feed your soul in the way that you need to feed it when you need to feed it you can prioritize your life and you can put things that are important to you ahead of things that aren't so important to you so my friend who helps me who works for me I say to her she can work whenever however if she wants to work on the weekend that's her prerogative I want her to do whatever she wants to do during the week she must just get whatever is expected done and I think there's such freedom in working like that because you just don't feel like you have to be sitting somewhere from nine to five you're able to organize your life in a way that you want to organize it and I think that's very cool yeah but working for yourself yeah that's very true you've got that and that just it takes also a certain type of person like I've also got friends who who can't work for for themselves or like go a little bit like they, they can't yeah navigate that sort of journey on their own. Um, but as you were speaking, I just had this vision that I saw the other day um, when I was in Cape Town or at like peak hour, traffic hour, and looking at people in their vehicles going to work and seeing, you can just see the energy of stress um, and happiness, people that are groggy, and just that driving around and I was walking and I just looked at this, it just gave me a little bit of anxiety and reminded me of that I used to be in that rat race, that I used to live in London, take the tubes, cried every evening, hated my job, got home at 8 p.m. because I was working late. But there was like this addiction to that, that drive and, and to succeeding in this corporate sort of structure. And just looking back, that com in comparison to exactly like you say now, morning this morning waking up allergic reaction feeling like <laughs> screw it I'm going to take the first hour or two of my day to have breakfast and just sit outside and throw the ball for my dog like that's the way I'm going to start this day and to have that freedom and flexibility is just yeah it's priceless and to be honest also you're not letting anyone down by doing that yes maybe yourself in a way but I mean not really you can still get everything done so I think that's also so nice to not have that anxiety that someone is like relying on you at all times. And I also feel as much as it's so wonderful to have social networks and seeing people all the time, mostly it's other people that put me in a mood, not myself. 
<laughs> so it's much easier to just be a happy person when it's only yourself that you have to deal with most of the day. So true. Like not a groggy colleague or someone that like says something nasty to you. Yeah, that that's very true. As much as your mind can take over when you're working for yourself and working from home and you can be your own worst enemy, um, it's exactly the same as working or stepping outside of your comfort zone and being exposed to other people's energies, whether it's like in a shopping mall or in a working environment. So even no, in the trap. Exactly. No, exactly. Um, I also wanted to ask you in terms of resources, um, is there any sort of platforms or podcasts or specific books that you love to sort of read or, or any resources that you tap into for self-development and personal growth? So when I first started um, Epiphany, People Have Influence was running a course. They did like an entrepreneurial course, but mainly focused on influencers. And because I wanted my business to have a very personal feel, like an influencer would, I did the course. And that really helped me kind of like um, it like helped the trajectory of my business. I started to grow and it helped me learn a lot of that sort of thing. And then it kind of got me into following a lot of those women entrepreneurs who empower other women to do things and to have financial freedom and to have their own business. And I follow a lot of those um, kind of pages on Instagram and read them. And I've promised myself that I will do courses that I haven't got around to because I never sort of feel like I um, have the time to do that. But I definitely think doing courses like that is such an amazing way to not only meet people um, and make connections, but to learn new things because things change all the time. I mean, I think even on, I did one of your courses and there were people in the course meeting, in the Zoom meeting that then followed me on Instagram. And now we like kind of Insta friends, you know, and it's building those connections and getting to actually hear and see other people. It's amazing. So especially as an entrepreneur, in order to get your business like to reach other people, it's important for you to make the effort to kind of make connection as well and do the things that bring connection into your business life. So, so important. Oh, Jess, thanks so much for your time today. There was so much, yeah, it was just, it's always so lovely to hear someone else's story and sort of the, not only the challenges, but also the the benefits of, of this journey that we navigating on our own in, in entrepreneurship so yeah thanks for your time today thank you for having me <laughs> i hope it all made sense because you know they don't know what's coming out of my mouth half the time everything makes sense and i'm sure that people listening there's definitely other um, new moms or moms of two um entrepreneurial moms who are listening who can 100 percent relate to to your story and i really appreciate you sharing Thank you so much for having me. It's a pleasure and we'll stay in touch and we'll chat soon. Definitely. Have such a wonderful evening. Thanks. You too. Bye. 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 Hey guys, it's me again. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. If you did, please can you subscribe so that you are notified as soon as new episodes drop and share the stream podcast with your friends and family and co-workers who are just as inquisitive as you are about learning and improving their quality of life. And then lastly, if you want more mental health and business resources, inspo and podcast recommendations, just a reminder to subscribe to my monthly 
stream newsletter. No spam, just pure, positive value delivered straight to your inbox.